These last weeks, we have seen the world go topsy-turvy, first with anxiety, then with fear, and then headlong into panic. We here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, where it seems to be ground zero for COVID-19, have seen firsthand what widespread panic looks like. Costco shelves laid bare, suspicion of every sneeze, $50 bottles of hand sanitizer online. We've learned very quickly what is the most important thing to the general population. Oddly enough, it's toilet paper. And after this is all over, we're going to have to have a really hard, real conversation about how much of the stuff people actually use, because it has gotten very weird. But this preparing for the possibility of the wider spread outbreak and the quarantine that we're experiencing, we now are not worshiping together until the end of March. I give this sermon from my office. We're not having school as of Tuesday. Our kids will be home for at least six weeks. We are encouraged to work from home. We're encouraged to not go out and be with others in any way, shape, or form. And all of this has gotten me wondering about what we need. Our scriptures start out this morning with the liberated Israelites in need. They had just been set free from generations of slavery, and they were just at the beginning of their journey. Remember, their journey would take them for 40 years, and most of them, except for the very, very young, would never see the promised land. Very few who had actual memories of enslavement would be able to settle into their new home. So they started this journey that they had no idea how long it would take and were embarking on this and they faced needs. Uh, Their first and most pressing was a need for water. They were thirsty. And although they had experienced slavery and the indignities and terror of it, they had not experienced starvation. Their captors had kept them fed and sheltered and the initial glow of their freedom turned sour in light of their thirst. This was not an unnecessary whining or an unreasonable request. Humans really do need water. They die if they don't get water for 72 hours. And especially if you're hiking in the desert. I mean, this is a very intense need. And in response to this need, Moses set off with some some leaders, not to the Burlington Costco to wait in line that ran all the way to Burlington Boulevard, but deeper into the wilderness where they already were, and there they found water. It is important to note that Moses did not conjure up water out of thin air. God did not send water down in a flaming chariot. There was no pomp or circumstance. They found water naturally in an aquifer, one that was right on their path. God did not send an over-the-top miracle as God had done during their liberation. This time, God showed them that God has provided for them on their journey, where they are. What they needed was already with them. Our epistle has a similar message, reminding people of faith that we already have the Holy Spirit to accompany us, and that God has provided for our every need. Likewise, we have the story of the woman at the well, a woman who had gone to the well for something she needed in the heat of the day, at a time when no one else would be there, a time inconvenient and unsafe if one lives in the desert. She, you see, she had self-quarantined because she was someone unsavory to the rest of her community. 
Because of the things that she had done and the experiences that she had in her life, whenever she went out and about, she was sneered at. She was judged. She was scorned. And because of that, she quarantined herself and then would go at inconvenient times to do normal things that she had to do, like going to the well to get water. But Jesus encountered her there, in her quarantine, in her attempt to avoid place people. And the message that Jesus shared with her of unconditional love and acceptance changed her. And it filled her with such hope, joy, and courage that she became a proclaimer of the good news. This is not just a story of a woman scorned by the community who had a lot of husbands. This is a story about a God who calls people to hope. And not just hope for them, but hope that turns into an ever-expanding circle. Because that is what God's hope does. It just keeps including, keeps growing, keeps changing us because God is love. God is with us. God sees us and we have what we need. If the ancient Israelites knew the extent of their journey when they started, they probably would have chosen to stay enslaved. 40 years, die in the wilderness, die without seeing what you've hoped for your whole life. There are all kinds of projects and challenges that come up in our lives, and it's so easy to look at the immensity of them and get overwhelmed and demoralized and say, there's just no way we can make it. We cannot take on this challenge. We cannot complete this task that that is in front of us. And scientists are saying that this COVID-19 business will be with us for months, that we'll be dealing with it perhaps until the fall, maybe even longer. And it seems scary and it seems too much. And we want to just quit it. And like the ancient Israelites, we are invited to put one step in front of the other and trust that God has provided for us on this strange, terrifying journey with living water. Partaking in the living water means seeing what is set before us and digging in. It means rejecting the notion that we cannot be happy or be whole or be blessed until we have arrived or finished or completed or survived anything or gotten through this. But embracing the fact that this journey, even with this pandemic happening, is not a diversion or detour on our way. It is part of the story of our lives. And God is with us as God always is. When my dad died, I felt as though my heart was taken from my chest and thrown against a brick wall. I was unsure if it would be possible to feel joy that was not laced with sorrow anymore. And as it turns out, my heart was never able to go back in my chest. It lives on the outside now, and never was the world more beautiful. It is not more beautiful because my dad is dead. I am just able to access that beauty because I lost something I did not think I could lose and God was with me. It broke my heart permanently and so now my heart has an open door policy. It has to. It's broken open. The fissures that were created by pain were horrible grief, but now those fissures let love in and out, pathways that were not there before my heart was broken. What if we have all of what we will ever need? 
in this beautiful created world and our siblings in Christ who lift their voices with ours, in our imperfect family and messy friends, even in the midst of this uncertainty and terror we live in our right now. I would really like to know whatever happened with the woman at the well after Jesus left her in Samaria that day. I like to think that she received a new freedom, that she started going to the well whenever she felt like it after that, whenever it was convenient, that she didn't worry about the sneers and the judgment of others. I like to think that she smiled with kindness at the mean whispers and and was befriended by those who saw the hypocrisy of judgment. I like to think that she went home to her love to whom she wasn't married and boldly made a life with him, that she showed her kids and her grandkids what it looks like to live in hope after heartbreak and loss, how, how beautiful it is to let the beauty and living water in through the fissures of grief and out again, flowing forever. I like to think that she never stopped telling people about Jesus, that folk thought her a little odd, but a lot lovable, kind and perfect and genuine. I like to think that she died with a smile on her face because God accepted her as she was always and invited her to spread that same good news with her one true life. Through our heartbreaks and victories, through our suffering that creates endurance, which forms character that births hope, hope in Christ that does not disappoint We have all that we could ever need. What if during this strange journey through Lent, we embraced that God is with us and that we have it all and that even as we are disrupted in our lives, even as we are afraid, even as we are helping our neighbors to help keep them safe in this time, that we're reminded time and time again that God accepts us as we are, that God is with us, that God provides for us on our path, that we have everything we would ever need, living water, the holy now, the eternal God. Amen.